to Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Welcome to another episode of Midlife Moxie. I'm your co-host, Gail. And I'm Christina. And today, we are going to talk about those holidays. We're going to talk about the stress that comes along with them. Because I think we all get excited at holiday time. Maybe not all of us, but some of us. But I know for me, I get excited. But then my second thought is, oh, crap, this and this and that. And the combination of time stress, financial stresses, family dynamics, travel, um, trying to be off work, uh, trying to create perfect Norman Rockwell table settings. All these things can lead to stress and overwhelm. And so we're excited today to talk with Aurora J. Miller. She is a resilience educator, and she can talk to us about how to de-stress, avoid stress, get through stress that may be related to your the holiday season for you. So welcome to the show, Aurora. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we're going to have some fun, but we're going to learn some things. So first off, tell our audience, how did you become a resilience educator and what do you know about stress? And, and what does that mean? I mean, like, get, give us a definition of what that means. Yeah. So resilience is how we can be not stressed by stressed. So this is my big thing, right? Stress can happen and we don't have to be stressed out by it. And one of the ways that we do that is by building our resilience. So that's why instead of focusing on like, I'm a stress management coach, I help you manage your stress. Nah, y'all, I help you build resilience so you don't have to be stressed out by stress. Oh, don't be stressed out by stress. I love, that should be a t-shirt. So important. I know, right? Along with my, don't be overwhelmed, get whelmed. I loved that. I read that. Don't be over, don't be under, just be whelmed. Exactly. <laughs> this is my kind of girl. So, exactly. Aurora, do you or have you experienced stress relating to the holiday season? <laughs> have I experienced stress? Stop there. And the answer is yes. <laughs> About any topic you're saying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think that any of us get into a business of educating unless it's something that's near and dear to our hearts, unless it's something that we feel passionately about. And for me, I grew up in the 80s and my parents were in a constant state of stress. And some of it was financial and some of it was cultural and some of it was believing that they had to be a workaholic in order to have self-worth and that Mm. created a really toxic environment growing up so I internalized a bunch of trauma as a kid and then as an adult I found myself doing the same things that they did because so many of us do right we emulate our parents it's what we learn and so society we've also hung a little bit of value on being stressed. If you're successful, 
Yeah. And you're going to be stressed. You know, that whole yeah. lie of busyness, all those things mm-hmm. going to go together. And if you're just freewheeling over here, not stressed and not busy, people don't think you're successful. And that's a big, grandiose lie. So, 100%. When we chatted earlier this week, getting to know you, you shared with me some statistics about yeah. illness and stress in the, mm-hmm. in particularly, I think the United States. Just mm-hmm. will you share those with the audience before we dive into the specifics of the holidays? Yes, and I have to say they are a little dire. So, eighty-four <laughs> percent uh, of people report having stress-related symptoms. Wow. Seventy-five percent of all doctor visits are for stress-related ailments. And stress is linked to the six leading causes of death. So when we talk about stress as a big deal, like it is, it literally, it's not just about, I want to be happier. I want to have a better quality of life. It's also that, but it's also staying alive. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really big deal. Wow. So it's way more than a feeling. Yeah. Right. And those are some high numbers. Yeah. Real high, real high. And, and do you feel like the numbers have grown over the last maybe 10 years because of all the information that we have to, um, feed through? I mean, uh, my husband and I were, yeah, right. My husband and I, we were talking about this, um, a couple of days ago. And it was interesting because a lot of people are getting so much information. And back in, let's just say, even the 20s, you were not getting this much information. Your brain had time to process through what was happening to make a a, a decision based on what you felt was correct. But because things are so instantaneous now, you've got to kind of make a snapshot decision. And that can be a stressor for people. Well, and it's more than that. I mean, so, so yes, you're absolutely right. A hundred years ago, somebody would get the amount of information over the course of their lifetime that we get in one day. Oh my God. Wow. All right. Well, I don't think I knew that. Did you know that, Gail? That's a no. That's did not know that. Like, I knew that we got more information, and for me, the information is not just like technology or data. The information is like who did what. Right. I tell my son all the time, you need to disconnect a little bit because back in my day, if a group of children or kids went to the movie theater and you weren't invited, you may or may not hear about that, and if you did, it was probably probably going to be a few days. Now they blasted on social media. Everybody knows people are impacted and it happens so rapidly. We're really not wired mm. to deal mm. with information at that kind of pace or the, the yeah. number of things that happen. So I think there's that, that, that um, intimate information travels quickly, but also the comparison game is huge. Yeah, all of that. And so that's sort of a a qualitative processing of information in our brains. But just the sheer data that our brains are trying to sift through every day, that takes a lot of energy, right? Our brains are trying to process all of that while also processing all of these other things Mm. that we have going on in our day to day. So if Mm. you think about your brain like a computer, And if you have too many applications open running at the same time, your computer slows way down. And it's not enough disk space. That's the way I feel like my brain is. Not enough (laughs) open disk space, Gail. It's full. 
Yeah, I can't take on any more. Uh, but you know, overload, overload. Here at Midlife Moxie, you know, we're focused on midlife women. And mm-hmm. even though I feel like my brain is full, and if I put something new in, I can't control what file's going to be deleted. Um, I think the good thing is the wisdom of the years also lets you know you don't have to put in all that information. Yes. It's not going to make you better. And we become really choosy about what information we consume and what new skills and talents we decide to learn. And I've very much learned to say no to some things. And I have learned to say, you know what? I need you to feel that. Christina is my business partner. Sometimes I say, I need you to figure that out. Um, And Mm -hmm. she'll say, well, da, da, da. And I'm like, nope, I don't even want to know. I just need you to handle that because I don't want to cloud my brain. I've got other things I'm trying to learn and do. And I feel like my capacity can be strained. Now, when we think about the comparison game and the get stuff done game and the overwhelm, that certainly leads us right into a conversation about the holidays. Mm. So in your years of working with people specifically, let's try to talk about midlife women. Oh yeah, absolutely. What are those big stressors that you see during the holidays? I know what I think they are, but I'd love to hear from a professional. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So a couple big things. One is planning. So the, the, when we have a bunch of things that we want to get done, if we don't write them down and prioritize and plan effectively, then that's more brain load, right? Because we're trying to hold all of that in our brain. And it's like having, again, too many programs open. So there's a lot of stress and overwhelm of, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to remember this, but it's all happening in the brain. And the brain's like, she can't take it anymore, Captain. If you remember the old Star Trek. <laughs> I'm a super geek. Overload, sorry, no, sorry. Overload. Red alert. Exactly, right? Our brains go on red alert. And so then our nervous system starts getting really activated and kind of freaking out. And it creates oh, yeah. a whole panoply of symptoms from um, increased heart rate, feeling like we're going to have anxiety, to going into complete shutdown and like I cannot get off the couch and there's not a single thing short of this business this building burning down that's going to get me to do anything um and those are two sort of opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to stress response but they're both really valid and it can also lead to having more difficulty communicating in our relationships which then adds another stressor mm-hmm. right so we're already stressed out because of all the things that we're trying to do and then somebody comes in and says something snide and or or not even necessarily snide but something that just pushes our buttons and then suddenly we're snapping and we get in an argument and, and then everything spins out even further from there so I'm um, planning and, and trying to take on too many things. Like you were saying at the beginning, Gail, having a, a Norman Rockwell Christmas, trying to make everything perfect and beautiful and, but making it beautiful for everybody else. Yeah. Right? So this is a second big stressor is putting the focus on everybody else rather than on ourselves. And so mm. we don't do our self care. And we don't even, we don't even think many of us about what are the things that I want to get out of this holiday? What are the things that bring me joy? You know, we're thinking about little Bobby and how, you know, what dishes he wants on the table and what presents he wants under the tree Mm -hmm. and all of these kinds of things. And, and our spouses, our partners and, um, 
aunts and uncles and parents, right? Like, and, and especially for those of us who are midlife women, we're trying to hold space for all of the generations, right? Yes. Our sibling parents, yep. our, just hit our the nail kids, on the head, the grandkids, mm-hmm. the brothers. And it's like, we got to hold for everybody and mm-hmm. all, all of our needs and all of our desires go out the window. And so that then is a a completely different kind of stressor because our bodies start to get really drained of resources and our nervous system will respond to that. So figuring out how to pull that back in. You are talking to somebody who, I just had this conversation, it was literally just on the phone with somebody and it was like, I have to put all of my own needs aside for for, for everybody else at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and she's like, but you still have to take care of you. And I'm like, I get that. But I, I think that I'm the last person that, you know, I think that's for all, maybe not just all midlife women, but women in general, we just are like, okay, we'll, we'll take the We'll take the last seat in the back of the bus and we'll be okay as long as everybody else's needs are met instead of ours. And I loved what you talked about with the communicating with your partner. I was at Home Depot yesterday with my husband and he looked at me and I'm going to drop an F-bomb y'all, but he looked at me, he, he goes, are you fucking with me right now? And I'm like, no, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, Really? You don't understand what's going on? And my brain was so fried, so yeah. overloaded. I'm just looking at him and I'm like, I I can't even formulate a sentence right now. I, I, I don't I don't know what I'm trying to tell you. And he was like, So you're not you're you're really like something is wrong. I'm like, yes, I can't. <laughs> yes, just, something is very, very wrong. I, right something now. is very wrong. And he's just looking at me and I'm thinking oh my gosh, how many other people like me yeah. are feeling that way? And, and you're, you're trying to juggle all these things and then you have holidays and you're like, that's the last thing that I want to engage in or enter into because I don't even know how I'm feeling. Yeah. You know? So I love that we're having this conversation to give some tips to, to women in this midlife space of how can you enter into this in a healthy way? So you're not feeling like your stress is the overlying um, holiday theme, you know? It's it's no, we're going to engage with our family. That's going to be our holiday theme, not stress from the holidays. Right. You know, I love right. that she brought up, you know, this is, there are some particulars to midlife women. Yeah. We are in that generation where a lot of us are still trying to serve our parents in some kind of meaningful way, but we, our children are growing. Some of us have the grandchildren. Um, Lots of things are going on and we seem to be that pivotal piece. A lot of us have become the matriarch and that person is charged with keeping it all together and making it great and making it sometimes the same or as good as. Mm -hmm. And like what Christina said too, and you as well, Aurora is we tend to martyr ourselves and I'm on the crusade about martyrdom because I have been a martyr. I have done it. And I thought these people are going to so appreciate me. They're going to think I'm, look what I have done. Uh-huh. Self-sacrifice. My dog's over here crying at my 
you know, pitiful martyrdom. Now he sees a squirrel, but that does not happen. And nope. they're not, martyrdom does not work. So anybody who's listening who's it, thinking about the martyr it. path, it does not work. You will become resentful and you might mm. even start to dislike some people who do not play yep. the martyr game with you. It's, yep. it's just manipulation too. So we brought up the word communicate. I think that's so important going mm. into the holidays is communicating expectations. And we're going to get into some tips, but. I want to throw in some of the things that I see come into, you know, we have to be around people sometimes that we have uncomfortable relationship, uncomfortable, you know, relationships. And, um, also some people we don't see as much in our family and friendship circle. So and we she don't also have the intimacy. She also mentioned, Gail, I don't want to leave this out because I heard this. And, and I thought that this is so true, is the cultural aspect mm-hmm. of the holidays. My husband is white. I am, as Gail puts it, Mexican. <laughs> and so there's a lot of different cultural differences that happen during the holidays. So I think that we're heading into um, just how, how do we do this and how do we do this well? You know, what, what are some of those things that we want to recognize as we enter into this, this holiday season about ourselves and, and how do we move through that? Well, let's, let's talk about that. Shall I dive in? So first of all, taking a second, taking a half an hour, taking an hour, sitting down with a cup of tea, a glass of wine and a pad of paper and thinking about what are the things that we want to get out of this holiday as individuals, as women, what are the things that bring us joy? If we start by centering those and building everything else around the edges, then we're setting ourselves up to have less stress over the holidays because joy diminishes stress. So anytime we have that opportunity to come back to our joys, our desires, our passions, our excitements, our stress levels are going to go down. So the first thing is center your joy first, and then look at what are the other things that you want to bring in to make sure that you are supporting your family, your community. And for those of us who don't have kids, there's a whole nother stress and pressure of everybody wants us to show up for them because you don't have any obligations, which is malarkey, but, (laughs) but there's that, that piece too. So just to speak for those people in the audience that even if you don't have kids, like there's still that stress and pressure to show up for other people in the community and in your family. Um, And be really honest and open in your conversations with your family, the people, with the people that you want to celebrate with. What is it that they really want to get out of it? Because a lot of times we make assumptions. We tell ourselves stories about what other people want. And it's Mm. often not accurate. A lot of times we think that that Norman Walkwell Christmas is what everybody wants. And they might be like, nah, bro, just order a pizza. I'm good. 
right? Yeah. But I think if we, we do that a lot as parents too. We assume what people want and need, and that's mm-hmm. not even what they most wanted. And exactly. sometimes in our over zealousness to give them the Norman Rockwell picture, we find out that's not even what they wanted. And we went to all that energy and stress. Then when they don't appreciate it, we're even more stressed and upset. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I think that communication is critical. What are their expectations? What are the needs? But also what are yours? And you share that with them. Then you have the other side of it. Now I'll say this is I I have a, my mom is, she doesn't really tell us what she needs, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like making this, this holiday season great. You know, what, what are your needs and how do you communicate with somebody that doesn't even know what, what their need is at this point in time? Like yeah. it, you know, what does that look like? How do you have that conversation? What things do you, do you say to, um, to them to maybe draw it out of them a little bit more? Yeah, you know, it's what, such what a struggle for for our generation. You know, we're still learning how to have boundaries. We're still learning to ask mm-hmm. for our needs and wants. But a lot of us have at least been on this journey for a number of years now. For our parents' generation, especially the women, they never even had that. Yeah, yeah. They never had that. And so when we say, what do you want? What makes you happy? They have this like blank stare. And and they literally can't access that because it has been so trained out of them. So being gentle and understanding, I think, is the first step. It it can be easy to get frustrated with, how can you not know what you want? But that doesn't help anybody, right? So if we can start from a place of empathy and recognizing that the reason that they can't tell us what they want is because that has been, I mean, hopefully not literally beaten out of them over the course of their entire life. And it takes a while to rebuild those neural pathways that help us access those desires. Hmm. Um, But we can ask questions about, is, is there a certain way you'd like something to look? Is there an experience that you would like the family to share together? Is there any book or any movie that you can think of that you've enjoyed? Ask them, how was their childhood in the holidays? Was there anything as they look back at their life that they really enjoyed that they might like to bring forward into this season? You know, Aurora, one thing I think causes a lot of stress is change. Yes. A lot of us don't like change. Like I'm a traditionalist about the holidays, but I do accept some forms of change. But I think as in midlife, we see a lot of changes going on. We may feel more fatigued. Mm-hmm. We may be taking on more responsibility as our parents age and maybe you're no longer able to do the holiday dinner or, you know, like our dear friend, Christina, you've lost a parent recently and they're not going to be there. And I know when my mom passed away, she was that matriarch. And when my grandmother passed away, that... um you know, that changed the whole dynamic because she was the connector between the different generations and, um, you know, my distant cousins. And after she passed, some of those people I've really rarely ever seen again. So there's, there's a lot tied into these events that sometimes it's the only time we see these people. Then also as midlife women, as our children age, 
you know, they go to college and come back home with friends and pets and, or maybe they don't (laughs) come back home or, you know, they have a girlfriend and now they want to split their time with her family or they're married and now they have children. They want their own traditions or, you know, lucky in my case, my children bring home people with strange food allergies and, (laughs) you know, you know, it just gets really complicated in this season as we're kind of, and for me, it all comes down to a lot of expectations Mm -hmm. because when I was thinking about what midlife would look like and I would have my beautiful Norman Rockwell decorated home and I would be financially just free as a bird. I'm not there yet. Um, You know, I would not be trying to change diapers, but that I would be conducting this meal in my way with my, my taste and all the things I wanted to do as the matriarch. And my children would come rushing back to mommy's arms and they would bring their lovely (laughs) wives. And then eventually some little, you know, children who looked like Gigi and just wanted to go to (laughs) Gigi's house. And I'll be crap. That is just not the story. So there's a lot of broken hearts. Sometimes like, my eldest son is a chef and he has to work on Thanksgiving. So we don't get to see him. That's not what I pictured. It's not the way it was supposed to be. Right. So Aurora, what do you say to us about broken expectations and things not being the way we envisioned them? Because don't you think that's what gets a lot of us in trouble? It definitely can. It absolutely can. When we have certain very specific expectations we are setting ourselves up for the possibility that those expectations don't get met in exactly the way that we expect them Mm. to. It, I think calls for some flexibility and also some grieving. We're allowed to have feelings about things not working out the way that we wanted them to. We're allowed to be sad about that and to be angry and to really be present to all of that. And it can be really, really hard. Um, Also, it's an opportunity to ask for help. So when you talk about like your your children's uh, significant others coming back with some difficult food allergies, it's a wonderful opportunity to say, awesome, I would love to see what you have to bring to contribute to the dinner. Oh, dang, Aurora. Who are your children bringing home? Because the ones mine bring don't offer to do a thing. Oh, it's not about offering. It's about asking for help. I love they that. Just tell them the way it's going to be. We get to ask. Because there's some tension there, I think, generally, generationally, because I know at my husband's family, my husband had several aunts. His mother passed away when he was a young man, that he was, he had these aunts, these aunts in the South. And they're just these phenomenal women. But one of them is like 88 years old, or maybe she just turned 90. I mean, and she's still the one hosting and cooking. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I watch the younger generations roll in with 47 children in tow and all their boyfriends. And I mean, and they show up with a pack of rolls or, right. you know, oh, a couple no. of two liters of soda. And right. no. they also are not the ones that clean up or wash the dishes. And I finally, last last time we were together... I spun around on my heels because I washed some dishes in that place <laughs> and I brought my dishes even when we lived out of state or contributed to one of the, like a lot of times we'll contribute to the meat or what, you know, 
And I just said, if you are under 50, it is time for you to come and wash some dishes. The over 50 are going to take a break. And you girls need to get in here, guys, whatever. They just, this generation, and I don't mean to, because we try to be inclusive here. But there's something about the way we've raised children these days that like I knew when I showed up to my mother-in-law's home and she cooked a meal, I better get in there and help clean up the dishes. But my sons bring home girls that, you know, eat the food, their special gluten-free, whatever the hell it is, (laughs) and then go sit on their little tushes on the sofa. And I'm in there sweating like a pig about to pass out, having a hot flash. All the doors in the house are open at Christmas, you know. You can imagine the scene. And that does cause some stress and some resentment. Yes. So tell and us it, how and you navigate all of those waters. Who's yeah, coming? it is generational. Um, I mean, I probably shouldn't tell family stories. <laughs> but Shh, we won't I, tell. We're not going to tell anyone. There, there is a person in my family, I will not name names, who is young. They probably already know who they are. Oh, no, they know who they are, but I don't want to call them out in public. <laughs> yeah, we, we all have one. We all have one. Um, and, it, and it's not her fault. It is not her fault. but. She came to stay with, she's 15 years younger than I am. She came to stay with me after she graduated from high school and we were going to make some deviled eggs. That girl did not know how to boil an egg at 18 years old. And I was dumbfounded. All right. And then I sat and I thought about it for a second. Helicopter parents doing all the things you can't wash dishes if you're supposed to be studying and going to piano recitals and learning 50 languages and you know getting perfect scores in your SATs right all of those things and so the, a lot of those domestic duties just never were yeah they fly out the door it. huh right yeah so i think that's a lot of it and again going back to what we talked about around the older generation having empathy for them it's an opportunity to have empathy for the younger generation and recognize that they didn't have the same upbringing that we did and but it being inclusive is what I hear you saying, you know, because empathy comes with inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, because you're entering into a space with these, with whichever generation we're yeah. talking about. And I, I love that you said that. Start with empathy. Right. And then. And, and then. then and ask then for ask for what you want. Right. right. Yeah. You know, and, I think that's great. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because. So we can say things In like, honesty. Exactly. Like those those aunts of my husband's they haven't been guy. they haven't been very quick to let go of the reins either. Sure. So some of sure. some of oh, this well, we bring that. on ourselves, you know. Yeah. So if but we, we can, can be gentle, we can say, Hey, do you mind coming and helping with the dishes? Right? Do you mind bringing a dish so that we can all know that it's something that works for you? that brings you joy and then we can all enjoy it and learn more about one another through this process. And it doesn't have to be about anger. It doesn't have to be about resentment. And this y'all, this is the most important thing about keeping our stress levels down. Once we get stressed out, we cannot act from that empathetic place. That's right. Gosh, you're we so right. And once we get gentle. angry, then it's yeah, all right. bets are off that we're going to behave in a way that's 
that we should and that would be conducive to peace. Um, Unless, unless when we see ourselves starting to get into that place of anger, starting to get in that place of stress and overwhelm, we take a time out. Time out. Yep. We go into another room, a different environment so that our eyes and our ears are perceiving different sensory information. So it interrupts the neural synapses that are firing. We take some slow, deep breaths, or I, I preach about the three B's, but we probably don't have time to go into all of that right now. Um, but at the very minimum, take five slow, deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system will calm down. You will stop being so furnerved. And then you can go back and ask your question. Table conversations. Talk about, <laughs> <laughs> right? Table conversations. Yeah, because, that's you know, a, that's a lot. When, that's when a lot. You're, yeah. when you're, right? Because, okay, let's let's just say. Okay, we're, we're walking into Thanksgiving. This is, you know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. So we're walking into Thanksgiving. Um, we have this expectation in our minds. Um, the expectation isn't being met. We are uneasy. We're on uneasy ground because it's not. We're, we're doing our best to take those breaths. And then we get to the table. Mm-hmm. We get to the table and we start eating. And I feel like at the table is when there can be some very difficult conversations or maybe not even difficult, but outright just brutal. What, what do we do? What do we do in those situations? Well, <laughs> there, there are some options. There are some options. I mean, I like, feel like Aurora has experienced this before. I know. <laughs> Just her, just her, like, I could see her going back into her Rolodex of, of memories. And she's like, okay, how do I say this in such a gentle way and not to rat out anybody in our family? I'm, I'm going to do this very, very much with some class and couth. I, I can see it. I try to be classy. I try to be classy. Yes. So, So look, first and foremost, we have to remember that we have choices. All right. Anytime we hear that voice in our head that says, I don't have any choice, that's a red flag. And the answer to that is no. We always have a choice. And so if there's going to be somebody in a space that you know ahead of time is going to push your buttons, you have choices. You can choose not to be there. You can choose not to sit by them. You can choose to change the conversation. You can choose to say, I'm not comfortable answering that. Or in, in it continuing in this subject, right? Yeah. We have choices. Yeah, we've had to do that. I, I love that line, though. I, I don't feel comfortable continuing this conversation. And it's such an easy... It's such an easy line, but it's also in the delivery, right? right. Because the delivery. I don't feel comfortable having this conversation. Yeah. Right? For, That's not the thing. <laughs> I don't think that would be received well. Right. Know? But, but it is, it's how, how are you delivering that, 
that simple line. You know, one of the things that I have um, been doing lately is I have been telling people due to some unforeseen circumstances, I've been using that line because Mm -hmm. it, it tells you I'm going through something without Mm -hmm. telling you I'm going through something. Yeah. And And it also is telling you that I'm not telling you and you need to be okay about that. Yeah. And I think that that's a beautiful line. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I'm not comfortable continuing this conversation. I love that. So simple. Okay. I have a tool. Setting some expectations in advance. Like I know I'm facing a situation with an event and there's an attendee that sometimes comes a little snockered up already. Mm-hmm. And that's just a tinderbox. So we just planned in advance that it would be a no alcohol event for everyone, not even a glass smart. of wine. Not, Very you know, smart. let's just not single out that individual. Let's just sure. tell them that it's going to be a no alcohol situation. Yeah. And, and you can you know, have some delicious mocktails. It doesn't yes. mean that the, in, that you can't enjoy just the have party. some sweet tea. Aurora, there you go. And I'll be just fine. You know, but, <laughs> The point being, we can set some things up yes. in advance to make things more successful. And I know for me, too, one of the things that's been frustrating for me, though, of the years and the way I overcome it was, um, you know, just the competition for the people you love. Um, mm-hmm. And we noticed it first when my brother and I got married. My dad, his mother had died when he was a very young man. So there was only one side of that family. And then mm-hmm. my mother's father was not in the picture. He was an alcoholic. So I grew up having a grandmother on one side and grandfather on the other side. And so it was only my dad and his sister and my mom and her brother. And so it was a very small family and the dynamics were very different. Like literally for over 40 years, starting with the day I was five days old when I went to my first Christmas at, with my grandfather and aunt on that side of the family. And so when 40 something years go by of something that is so beloved in your heart and then mm. it changes mm-hmm. or like when I got married and my husband suggested we go to his family on Christmas Eve. Uh, 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 no, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think you're unaware of yeah. um, how, how many years I've been doing this and how, and it was difficult because that was important to them. So you've got, everybody has, vested memories and time and heart in these things. And so it's not that one's right or wrong, but then, you know, my brother got married and he married a lady who was half Italian. Those Italians can do some daggum celebrating. I'm telling you, and I love them for it. But the problem was they hogged the whole holiday. Because mm-hmm. they would have Christmas Eve night, Christmas morning breakfast, then lunch, and then a snack, and then Christmas night. That's what it <laughs> seemed like anyway. I mean, it would be three, three or four events in this 24-hour period. And I remember having to raise the flag, and I just said, that's not fair. It's not fair to my mom and dad, because my mom is willing to have this dinner whenever works, but you got to give us something. But over the years... I tried to turn my resentment into resourcefulness. So Mm. I started having that side of the family. I started doing Thanksgiving on Friday. Mm -hmm. So where I'm going with this is being flexible and willing to not just be stuck on how it has to look. Because I finally said to myself, Gail, people gorge themselves on Thursday and run from here to yawn. Hi, got to go. Hi, got to go. Next place. 
And then Friday, they go shopping and sit around with nothing to do except watch football. So that minor change of thinking outside the box and thinking about what can we do, it gave us a a lot more time together. No one was stressed. No one was overgorged. And it really changed the dynamic of how it looked for my family. And it's worked very well. So I'm just going to throw out there that being flexible, being willing to try something a new way or a different way, skin the cat a different way. We still ate the turkey. We still got together. Football was still on the TV. So did it really matter that it was Friday? No. So what do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that goes back to making choices and asking for help. Right. So if we're honest with the people in our lives about what our needs are and what's important to us, then we can work together to find those solutions to figure out, is there a different day we can do this on? But at the at the beginning, we have to first recognize that we have choices that helps us find that flexibility and bonus being curious boosts dopamine production. So dopamine is a Mm. neurotransmitter that reduces stress. It feels really good. And so when we're curious, when we ask questions, then we Mm. get this hit from our, our internal reward system. And it not only makes us feel good, but also helps us find more creative solutions for whatever issue that we're facing. I love yeah, that I love you that. just said that it gives you a dopamine hit. I did not head. know that because I'm yeah, I didn't either. Person. Always, right? Maybe well, that's why I like being curious. Yeah. What about what about for the the woman who is like, yes, I have choices, but I'm always the one that's having to flex the time for these other people that want to do X, Y, and Z. Like, how do you come to the table with that? Like, what are, what are some, some suggestions on, on, um, asking, asking for that time, right? You, you're asking like, Hey, can we do something different this year? Um, what are some other things that, that people can say? I think, Starting, I don't want people to get resentful. Well, right? no, of course not. But if we're honest about how we're feeling, so if we make an I feel statement, right? I feel like I'm being more flexible or I feel like I'm giving up more than other people are. And it's, and keeping it centered on what our feelings are so that we're not putting other people on the defensive. We're owning what our truth is. And then we're asking for people who say that they love us to show that love for us and help us find the support and the happiness that we need. Yeah. I I love to knowing that you're on the same page. I got a conversation with my brother yesterday and we discerned what, what's the goal? Mm -hmm. What's the goal? The goal is we want to be together. We want to have a meal and we want to see this intimate family group. And so when you, I think stating that up front, that we all are working towards the same goal, then it becomes about, you know, just the time, the place, the the menu. But right. knowing you're on the same goal is very uniting. And it, it mm. then you don't tell each other, well, they're being difficult about the time, so they just must not want to see us. And that hurts right. my feelings. Knowing that wasn't it and establishing that up front just really changed that entire conversation. Yeah. And I love that. So I'd like to ask you some kind of 
faster questions, some what All ifs, right. some situationals. Okay. okay, so what if you have that per- that person that's always a problem? They're yeah. the one that's always not available, always mm-hmm. late, doesn't bring, or says they'll bring or something, doesn't show up with it, um, doesn't help, you know, they're just problematic. How How do you handle that if you've got one in the group that's the problem? Try to detach from having feelings about it. Recognize they are who they are. You're not going to change them. It totally sucks. It effing sucks. Um, but you can choose to not continue to include them if they're that level of toxic and problematic, or you can choose to just let them show up and they're just going to be who they're going to be and just not have an attachment to how they're showing up. An expectation. Mm. Right. Exactly. Again, we're back, back to expectations. Keep coming back to that work, aren't they? Yeah. Well, what about the situation because I think a lot of hostesses get into this, that they incur a huge financial burden in hosting these events because food prices are up this year. And by the time you have plastic wear and you, you just, you know, you always spend more than you intend. And I know we can invite people to bring a dish, but do you suggest if that's feeling stressful to someone that they have that conversation, what might that look like? It can look a bunch of different ways. Um, I think, first of all, decide whether you even want to be hostess, whether you even want to be the one who's bearing that. And you're allowed to say, not this year. Somebody else needs to bear this because I'm, I'm kind of done. Or somebody else, you know, if, if I have the house that's big enough to see everybody, y'all can come and use my kitchen. But, right? So there are some options there. I think if it's really a financial impediment, then having that conversation with people, which is so tricky in our country, in our society, we do not like to talk about money almost as well as we like to talk about sex. Right. So so true. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, I'm very fortunate in some of my circles that, you know, I'll say, here's some money to help, or I've had people do that for me. But mm-hmm. I know for some people, they they have the gift of being a great hostess and they have the home, but they know that that burden. So do you think it's appropriate to say, you know, I would love to have you guys to my home and I'm willing to do this part. Could we all chip in some on the food or the groceries? Is that appropriate? Yeah. I don't see any reason why not. I think that if, I think I would reframe it as I'm feeling kind of financially challenged right now. Like it's a hardship for me. Mm. Can we work together to find some solutions to this? And that way it doesn't have to be specific and it allows for all of us to get that curiosity going, that creative juices, rather than saying, can we all chip in? That's a very specific thing. But if the conversation gets opened up and it's, I'm feeling like this is not a financial burden that I can bear as much as I would love to. Can we work together to find some solutions? And who knows, maybe somebody will be like, I will, here's my credit card, right? Like go to the grocery store, get all the things, no problem. Or maybe it is everybody chipping in some money, or maybe it is doing it straight up potluck style, or maybe it's, having a very different kind of feast 
one that is not as cost prohibitive. There are a lot of creative ways to solve these problems, but the only people who know the happiest solution are the ones that are involved in the conversation. The one for well, whom this is their holiday. You know, I love that you said, you know, what, where can you help? And I'm, I don't cook Aurora. Let me just be clear. I don't cook. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> So everybody else in my family cooks and I'm always the one like, I will give you money. Like, what do you need? I will definitely give you money because I just don't have that. Yeah. I I just don't have that skill set. And I mean, it's not like I do know how to cook, but it's not like there's way better cooks in my family than, than me. I mean, and they'll tell you that. Um, So I love that you opened it up with you know, here's some, here's some ways that I can help, you know, will these help, will these help you and giving suggestions? Because again, I want to go back to if the person in front of you doesn't know, exactly, they just don't know. Sometimes we're going through the motions, right? And we just don't know what we need. Yeah. And to give some healthy choices, I think are brilliant for, um, for this situation. So our audience has some tools now to put in their toolbox of questions that they can ask and, and solutions that they can offer. That's really awesome. I love to looking at this from the other side. We've talked a lot about, excuse me, when you're the hostess or you're the matriarch, what if you're the outlier, you're the distant cousin, you're the invited guest, give us some tips on being a guest that reduces other people's stress. Yes. Well, first of all, our first duty is to reduce our own stress. So if we're feeling anxiety, if we're feeling insecure, recognizing that and using stress reduction tools like deep breathing, like, you know, asking for help, all of these things. Um, So first recognizing that we have to manage our own stress. Then how can I help? What can I do? What can I bring? Ask the person who is being the host because they're going to know. And they might say, oh, darling, don't even worry about it. I got this. And hopefully they mean it. Hopefully that they're not doing that passive aggressive thing of, no, it's fine. I'll sit here suffering by myself. And be a martyr. And be a martyr for what I'm suffering, darling. Watch me go. Right. I think there's some things. I think there's some places we can jump in and be a help. Like if you see dirty dishes or plates, help, you know, pick one up for a neighbor. But now like, I think you have to be cautious with women. Once you enter their kitchen domain, that can be yeah. tricky. So don't jump in there, but you know, anyone without can asking trash. First. You, right. That's when you know, offer, but like, my yeah. mom would not have let anyone wash her dishes ever. Right. But if you want to pick up, their dirty dishes around the house and bring them to the kitchen or change out the garbage can liner. I know at my husband's family, the trash can always gets full and people just keep walking by and you're thinking, right. one of you people, and I'm that girl, I've been starting to look at some of those younger men and saying, hey, can you handle this? Hey, can mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think offering to bring something makes you a good guest. Mm-hmm. Asking what that- time they would like you to arrive. Mm-hmm. Is there um, a clothing style, right? Is it fancy? Is it casual? Is it pajamas? It's probably not pajamas. But if everybody else is dressing in suit and tie, you don't want to show up in jeans, right? right. So 
um, asking those kinds of questions. But yeah, absolutely. What can I bring? What time should I be there? How should I dress? Where should I park? Mm-hmm. That's, That's a, big one. a big thing. In don't be rolling up on my grass. Right? Mm. We don't yeah. be parking in the front yard over here in Greenville, South Carolina. Not happening. Well, yeah. you know, I think there's little things too that, you know, I have sons, so mm-hmm. they do attend events, you know, with their wife and girlfriend's family. And I think as a midlife person, you know, if you've not had the conversations with your children about how to be a good holiday guest, because sometimes when you're growing up, if you're the one who's always hosting, your child doesn't know what it's like to go to someone else's right. home as a guest for the holiday. They're just, it's mom who cares. Mom's making the turkey. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I'd like to remind our listeners, if you've got children that age group, that they're going to go have a discussion, even if they're 20 and they don't want to hear it, pinch their little cheek and say, come over here. Remember these things when you're attending, because this is not, this is a new situation to you and you want to exhibit good manners. You want to be honoring to people. Um, that's also it's a really good reason oh. to to trade up who's hosting. Yeah, you know, even if it's within the family, within friends, you know, having potlucks a couple of times a year with neighbors, so that your kids do get exposure to we are a guest in somebody's home. This is what expected behavior is. Because by the time they're twenty, like you were saying at the beginning, Gail, they might go off to their new partner's house and act a fool. And you don't yeah. want that. Oh, well, and you know that just I caused have, me stress have, when you said that. Please no, don't let that happen. Well, wait, I have I have okay, so I have a son and a daughter. I have a bonus daughter. So my son, he goes he goes with me. And then he goes see his dad. And now that he's got his his girlfriend, you know, their family lives in uh, somewhere in the Midwest. And so he's like trying to figure out all these different spots that he's going to. And I think that that causes stress on on the mamas. But then it also causes stress on the the child that's kind of going – I don't know where to go, you know? And so how do we release them to say, you know, it's okay. You can, you can go to the Midwest or, you know, no, I would like for you to be here. You know, what does that conversation look like for, I mean, cause Gail and I have these, uh, (laughs) these children that are, have flown the coop, you know? Yeah. So, And then my daughter's the same way. She has her mom and she has us. And then she has, you know, her boyfriend and so many different scenarios, you yeah. know? I think it comes back to the conversation we were having about flexibility and being honest mm. about what we're feeling from a place of gentleness, empathy, and compassion. Recognizing yeah. that we all want to see all of the other people that we love on the holiday And there is a finite number of days in which that can happen. But how can we work together to solve that? So for me growing up, it was Thanksgiving in one parent's house and Christmas in the other, right? And then alternate Mm -hmm. years. Um, And then as I grew older and had different partners, it, it was, you know, Thursday in one place, Friday in another, Saturday in another for Thanksgiving. Um, But there are a lot. And it's more complicated when it's traveling halfway across the country. Yeah. Right. Cause you can't just spend one day with one person, get on a plane, you know, that that's not, 
how math works. But <laughs> um, true, true. But Actually, we could talk about this all day. This is this is such Aurora. You've you just have a great way with words and remind oh, me to use my words and to stay calm. Mm-hmm. We typically end our shows with a round robin of questions for you, but today I thought we might do something different. I thought we would just have a round robin of our best tips for getting through it with less stress. And we'll just go in order. We'll start with your Aurora, Christina, Gale, and we will just give a fast tip. Keep going until we just run out. What do you say? All right. Now I suddenly have a blank brain. Um, Fast tips for reducing stress. Plan ahead. Oh, that's good. Um, Breathe a lot. I'm going to say adjust your expectations or maybe don't have any. Be honest with yourself and the people around you. Have a lot of conversations. I'm going to say, keep in mind that it doesn't have to look like anybody else's holiday or any holiday from your past and it can still be special. Remember you have choices. Mm. Define the goal that you guys are working on for the holiday. I'm going to say create new traditions. Those can be very, very sweet and special when it's new. Find some fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fun. I love games. Just going to throw that in there. Yeah, just some lighthearted, you know, kitchen dance party kind of. Find some silliness. Have some fun. Yeah release release um yourself from the the thought process of everything has to be perfect i'm going to tap into that and say not only does it have not have to be perfect it doesn't have to be homemade or home done and by that i mean like a lot of times you know know what you're good at and know what's not going to cause you a great amount of stress And for me, a lot of stress is trying to cook 73 dishes at the same time. So a lot of times I will select one or two things that I know I can really kill and that I'm comfortable with. And then the rest I either have someone bring, I pick up at the deli, or I've made a few days in advance or bought it frozen. So take some of that pressure off. You know, everything does, broccoli casserole out of the freezer can be just as good as my broccoli casserole. So... Mm. Mm. And I think we should leave that there unless you have another one. Cause I have I, one more. Oh, uh, how did, I how just, did I know? How did you ah! know? I'm, I'm really thinking because we have a very dynamic family. We're a blended family and then we have grown children and then I still have a living parent and it's just a lot. Um, so uh, we've learned to spread out the holidays, spread them out. If you mm. want to do something on December 10th, that's meaningful. Um, go look at Christmas lights, go tubing, go. There's so many things you can do to have a special created moment. And I'm just going to end that by saying, remember what truly matters. Of course, if you're a believer, that's Jesus in around Christmas, but for everybody, I think it's family and being together and having something celebratory. So don't let your stress and your overcommitments rob you of what you really want. Don't let being a martyr do that. Don't let sticking to your guns do that. Don't let, you know, 
thinking it has to be a certain way do that because that would be the real loss. Don't you guys agree? Yes, absolutely. So Aurora, do you have a final statement for us? Oh, I think she's in the vortex. She got stuck. For a minute, I just thought you didn't like what I said. I'm like, goodness. (laughs) Oh, now we lost her completely. Well, we're wrapping up, and Aurora said that um, she was having very high winds where she was today. So that worked out that we're to our hour. But, you know, we hope here at Midlife Moxie that you find a way to enjoy the holidays without being stressed and that you find joy, just joy in something, even, you know, if there's stress, if there's sadness, if there's financial burdens, if there's loss, if there's missing people that can't get there, whatever it is, work to find the joy and keep the important things important. So we we want you all to have a just a beautiful holiday season. And even Absolutely. now as we just start the decorating, Mama, that tree doesn't have to look like a Martha Stewart tree. Just, just take some stress off yourself and involve those kids. Involve my son and his girlfriend are supposed to come over tonight and put the tree up. First of all, I love that moment, but it's less work for me when I get these teenagers doing it. So be creative and make new memories. So Christine, anything you want to say about that before we hear from our affiliates? I just want you to know that um, it might look different this year, but it's okay. Different can be a good thing, and different can mean new traditions and Mm -hmm. new faces at the table and a lot of love and a lot of friendships. It's just, um, it's bittersweet. It is, but don't let the past trip you up from a great future. And we didn't even talk about this. I think one of the best ways to get your mind off yourself and any lack of anything you don't have or the stress you're having is go serve someone else. Even if it's ringing that bell or serving in a soup kitchen or doing a collection, just something, go serve and it will give everything a new light. So we have some affiliates we want to talk about, and I'm going first this time. I want to talk about shoes, because I think with the holidays coming up, these shoes would make a great gift, and they'd also be great for you to show up looking good, but feeling comfortable, especially as you're running through airports or climbing steps or staying on your feet cooking. We want you to know about walking cradles, walking cradles cradles and that's www.walkingcradles.com slash moxie these shoes are amazing they're designed by a woman they're size inclusive 4 to 13 and in all width so you can get your true size and they have hidden little pillow pockets inside they are incredible I just received my first pair and I'm in love I am in love. Everything they said about these shoes is true. Very high quality. And guess what? They're offering our listeners a 20% discount. So when you go to www.walkingcradles.com slash moxie, and then you enter the code moxie20 at checkout, you'll get 20% off a great pair of shoes for you. And maybe one for somebody on your list. Christina, what you got? Nice. Well, I got boob sweat. Boob sweat. <laughs> and, you, and you know, as the y'all are cooking. The holidays may cause some boob uh, sweat, yeah, especially if we yeah, get but, stressed. 
yeah, stress, cooking, um, difficult conversations in the in the home. You know, it just it just happens, and so sometimes we get a little sweaty, and we need our girls to feel lemony fresh. And so, if you haven't checked out our amazing partnership with a, a product called Boobalicious Products, um, we want you to head on over to Love L U V boobaliciousproducts.com and then get your discount code with M-O-X-I-E. That's Moxie, M-O-X-I-E. These are you know, all natural vegan products just for the girls and all of your lady parts. So, you know, Gail, that's you know, that's we what we got. We got some so keep we that got in some mind. stuff. <laughs> yes. All right, Gail. Well, well what do we again, say? We should do a wonderful wonderful holiday season and until next time get your moxie on bye yeah